welcome. Another edition of Making Money. Ron Hebert, the financial coach, is standing by with some very sage advice. I'm Gord Whitehead, retired broadcaster. We both have a passion about talking about investing. And here's a here's a topic, Ron, that's a tricky one. I'll leave the floor to you. <laughs> you know, one of the reasons I typically keep a low profile or gracefully bow out of some social gatherings, especially with family and close friends, is... When I know someone's coming and they're going to glom onto me for the entire evening, like the barnacle, essentially, the way it attaches itself to the hull of a ship, and then they spend the rest of the evening trying to get me to lend them money or invest in their latest entrepreneurial adventure, and worse yet is they try to convince me to give them the names of friends and associates they can also solicit. So even if I politely blow them off, I find the whole experience kind of cringeworthy. And there's a lot of problems doing this. And we just want to caution people. If you have friends or relatives that want to lend you money, especially for startups, realize that this is a long shot. And this can be risky. That's why we want to talk about it today. Because this shows all about growing your money and preserving your capital, not piddling it all away. So let's start with some hard, fast facts. A lot of businesses fail, and and there are reasons for those failures, correct? There's a lot of businesses fail. In fact, if you look at the U.S. Department of Commerce, and they keep some of the best statistics, only 30% of businesses that have employees end up making it to their 10th year. So 70% of them fail. By the fifth year, half of them are gone. So the business that has legs and is able to frankly, be profitable for a 10 or 20 year period of time, that is a low probability outcome, Gord. And when you look at how businesses fail and why businesses fail, um, you know, CB Insights, which has done a lot of work on postmortems of these small businesses that fail, has found that 42% fail because they never bothered to even figure out if there's a market need for their services or products. I find that astounding. Uh, 29% fail because uh, they run out of cash, which is typical. 23% fail because they didn't have the right team. 19% fail because uh, they got beat by a competitor. 18% failed uh, due to pricing cost issues. 17% failed due to poor product offering. Another 17% failed due to a bad business model. 14% failed due to poor marketing. And this one I also find astounding. 14% failed because they ignored their customers. Like, yeah. I don't even understand how you can ignore your customers and expect your business to be a success. Uh, those are Some of those are kind of shit, but 42% didn't even have a market for their service. Why did you start up in the first place? <laughs> yeah, you know, so often owners of small businesses just don't have the diversity of skills to deal with a wide variety of critical challenges a small business faces in their first few years of existence. And, you know, so you have to ask yourself if your mother's, sister's, second cousin's aunt really has the bandwidth to start a successful business. Because I've started a number of small businesses, and frankly, you've got to wear a lot of hats. You have to have a marketing hat. You have to have a sales hat. You have to have a management hat. You have to have an HR hat. You have to have a financial hat. You have to be able to um, uh, have be able to do analysis, to look at the competition, to, 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 to do your homework. And a lot of people are just pretty bad at all this stuff. And so if they're coming to you to invest your money 
and their lack of ability, well, you have to ask some uh, serious questions and you have to think about the consequences, which can be enormous. This sounds like a minefield. Now, that is a good way to put it, Gord. Investing with friends and family can be a minefield. We should have actually put that in our title of this show. Because it's high risk, capital invested, which can be a significant chunk for a lot of people. I mean, when families come up with a financial ask, often it pulls at the heartstrings and they go in big time. And because it's a startup business, they can disappear along with your capital very quickly. And of course, that leads to bitterness. And I don't even want to go there because I've seen so many families literally get destroyed um, and friendships just go poof because of the bitterness of, of someone seeing their money lost. And of course, even if a business marginally survives, one thing you have to ask yourself, usually it's the most aggressive member of the family who's in your face asking for money. And if the business doesn't work out, it's going to be that same aggressive, obnoxious individual that's going to make life very hard uh, to live with when things start going sideways. Because generally, if things go sideways, they don't get less aggressive. They get more aggressive. Once you've got your money there, you have nowhere to go and hide. Okay, let's talk about how to avoid this then. I guess you have to be able to employ some... So, do you turn on the charm and say, look, I like you too much to have this turn into a bad situation? Is that sort of the way to go about it? Absolutely. And generally, you'll know when to use these, these lines when somebody grips onto you and uh, starts the alligator death roll. And so, <laughs> so, you want to tell them that your relationship is uh, too important to be risked over a failed business investment. And if that doesn't stop them, and it usually does, just tell them, look, I want to be friends with you forever. And because most businesses fail, I don't want that to come in between us. And secondly, if that doesn't put them off, prepare a list of the biggest risks the new business will face and ask them how they plan to deal with it. And I can tell you 95% of the time they're clueless. And so because most don't have the answers, it gives you a graceful way of bowing out. I had this happen uh, about a month ago. I was at a birthday party and someone came up to me and they wanted me to invest in a medical disposal business. And uh, I just happened to have been involved in a company that did that probably 20 years ago. Anyways, so I knew the biggest risks. So I just sat down and said, well, have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? Have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? These are all the ways the business can fail. And frankly, if you haven't thought through what can go wrong, then, uh, frankly, your business isn't ready for prime time. So most have, don't have the answers, and it gives you a graceful way to bow out. And, frankly, often what that will do is most people aren't prepared to do all that grunt work. So usually you end up gracefully being able to extract yourself from the situation. So try those two different approaches, and I think you'll find that generally it'll allow you to escape with your wallet when you get into difficult situations like this. Okay, so what if you take the other fork in the road? What if you say, gee, that sounds like not a bad idea. Maybe I'll try to help you out. Well, there's a, there's a number of things you can do. First, only invest what you can afford to lose. Remember, this is speculative money. Secondly, ask for a detailed business plan, because that's why 43% of businesses fail. 
It's because they don't have a business plan and they don't have any clear sidelines of profitability. Then you want not a handshake agreement. You want a written, signed agreement outlining the terms and conditions of your investment. And if you know the the venture will lose money, but you have complicated family ties to deal with, keep the investment amount small and treat it as a gift, expecting nothing back. I've done that where I've had uh, a lot of pressure to invest in a family business, and I just put in a small amount. I ended up losing it, but I just treated it as a forgivable loan. Now, if the investment is a loan, determine the interest rate, the payment schedule, and the maturity date before lending the money. And finally, determine if the investment gives you a say in the company's operation or you're a silent investor. This gets most family businesses because businesses start going sour. They start going sideways. You put your money in. You want a say in protecting your money. They look at you and say, this is my company. You invest here, but I have got the hammer and I make the decisions. And of course, that's when the real trouble starts. So if you're going to invest, make sure you follow these guidelines and they'll keep you out of trouble. So investing with a family member, my uh, minefield, as we say, we should have put that in the title. <laughs> All right, Ron, we're back next week with another edition of Making Money. If you have a question or a show suggestion, you can reach us through letsmakemoney.ca or cfcw.com. We'll be happy to answer it at some point down the road. On behalf of the financial coach, Ron Hebert, I'm Gord Whitehead. Thanks for listening. The information presented is derived from sources believed to be reliable. This material is presented for information purposes only and does not constitute investment advice. Before acting on any investment information, a person should seek advice from an investment professional. The presenters may or may not hold positions in the securities discussed on this show and will not be responsible for any losses sustained from acting on this information.